This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm with uh, Young People's Ministries at Discipleship Ministries of the United Methodist Church. And Jeremy Steele from Los Altos UMC out in California and I uh, are super excited to talk about a series that we have been working on for, well, several months, almost six months, really, uh, by the time we talk about the planning and the writing and the editing and all that good kind of stuff. But we have uh, a series of ebooks that are coming out that are free of charge, available from umcyoungpeople.org and also at the Discipleship Ministries storefront page that are crash courses in youth ministry. So Jeremy, tell us a little bit about uh, why you and I came up with this idea and why we figured crash courses would be good for some youth folks. Well, so the pandemic has changed everything. And there's just been, and in some ways, I feel like the pandemic accelerated a, a bigger trend in the youth ministry world, especially in the United Methodist Church. Um, and there's just fewer full-time paid youth workers that that is their absolute only job. And among those paid youth workers, there has always been uh, you know, a high rate of, of turnover uh, where people, and I don't just mean turnover in a church. I mean, it's a job that a lot of people don't have for a long time, right? Once you get up to eight years of experience, you're in the top just tiny percentage of people. Um, what that means, though, is that there's uh, there's a lot of new people, Always. right? A lot of new people, um, either new, you're a volunteer, you've been giving the, given this position, or you are a church staff person that has had their their portfolio expanded to include youth ministry, or you are a college student that uh, showed up to volunteer at a youth ministry and then was given a job when the previous person stepped down, right? There's just an enormous number of people. And, And what that means is that there's a lot of really just bottom line, basic level stuff that most people involved in youth ministry need to hear, need access to that information. And so that's where we come in with the crash courses. Because the other thing is like, you could know something, right? You might not need a compendium of all youth ministry knowledge, right? As awesome as that would be. um, I have no idea how much hard drive space that would eat up or (laughs) if it was a paper version, how much of a a bookshelf that it consumed. But Right. There, there are basics that, that people need to be able to have. Right. And, and this would apply to those folks you talked about that are, you know, new, might be volunteers, might have some background in youth work. Um, they also might actually be accessible for, let's say I'm an associate pastor or a senior pastor who hasn't done youth ministry in 15, 20, 25 years. Things yep. have changed a little bit since maybe the last time you were leading a youth group. So if youth ministry has become part of your portfolio, again, like Jeremy mentioned, that's the big trend. Um, yep. m- multiple areas of focus within one area of work. Um, and so, yeah, the, the basics that are there, the crash courses we wrote uh, really are pretty short, right? They are designed to be able to be read in one day uh, and put into use tomorrow. Really? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, le- and by one day, we mean like the extra time you have in one day. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know, like the, I, I think that the shortest one is 
maybe 3000 words. So you can probably knock that out in a lunch break. Right. If you were sitting at your kid's soccer practice, you've got it, right? You've got the time you need. Exactly. Um, So you can download these. They'll be uh, easy to read, easy to put into practice. They're really intensely practical uh, because they focus on those basic elements of youth ministry that are going to give you the best chances of success as a leader. Uh, The other thing I want to make sure to say about them is uh, we chose the word crash courses pretty intentionally. Uh, And that doesn't mean that we want to try to set you up for failure by just like (laughs) buckling you into the church van and saying, all right, have fun um, as you crash into every possible obstacle that you can figure out on the road ahead of you. Which is sometimes ways the ways churches give you the responsibility for youth ministry. But that's not what the metaphor we're using here. Right. right, which is part of the reason that the turnover rate can be so high sometimes. Right, right? and that and that the church van breaks down so much. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I think I could see through the floorboards of the first church van <laughs> that I ever drove, and I was like, oh yeah, this this is safe. This is good. Right. Um, but the idea of a, a crash course for us is that when you're crashing an education course or you're crashing a project, basically you're putting very focused and intense energy uh, in a short period of time, so that you can pick up basic knowledge and be able to put into practice what you learn because of your sort of intense focus on that subject. So uh, for these eBooks, for these crash courses, we've got 10 of them. Um, Six of them are going to be launching in October of 2021, and the other four will be coming out by the end of the year. Um, Jeremy, I might kind of rattle off our titles, and then I might ask you about one or two of the ones that you're most excited about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's perfect. And I think the titles is is exact. Shows you sort of the idea is you've got a problem and you realize it's related to a hole in your knowledge. You can just pull the ebook and get the basics that you need to 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 improve. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, All right, so problems that are apparent in youth ministry that we got to be able to address. Here we go. Uh, I'm just going to read all ten titles, and then Jeremy, I'll probably ask you about volunteers because that's always do it. Uh, All right. So we have uh, two for volunteers. We've got recruiting volunteers and keeping volunteers. We've got uh, a crash course on fundraising, one on uh, discipleship, one on digital youth ministry, one on administration, self-care and Sabbath, speaking adolescent, trips and retreats, and finally, United Methodist Heritage and Beliefs. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, let's hit up the volunteer ones. That got two out of our 10 spots. Yeah. And, and that's because, you know, you and I have both spent many, many years, not just doing youth ministry, but also training youth workers. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that it doesn't matter where I go, uh, what I'm teaching, what they really have brought me in to teach about, they also want me to teach about volunteers, right? Because there is a constant churn of volunteers. Um, you've got people that come, move, burn out, whatever. And, and a lot of people's initial way to recruit volunteers doesn't work, right? right. A Sunday morning announcement in the bulletin doesn't work. Doesn't work. Uh, I, I can't tell you the number of times that I have either myself, someone on my staff, or a youth worker that I know has stood up, said, we need volunteers. Here's a form. And they get back three forms out of hundreds of people. 
Two of them are volunteers that they already had. One of them <laughs> is a person who mistakenly thought they they were doing something. And the last one is a person that, as it turns out, really doesn't need to be around teenagers. Right? right. So how do you recruit volunteers? It's a big question. And there are proven good, solid ways to do that. We've got that. The other side of that, though, is keeping the volunteers that you've got. And it's a, it's a whole other set of skills, right? It's not the same thing. And, um, and so you, you might come to a youth ministry, sit down as a, as a pastor or a volunteer or a college student and say, all the volunteers just left. Why is that? Right. What do I do to keep the volunteers that are here? You that's keeping volunteers. You got a, a couple thousand words and some really practical do this, do this, do this. You know, the thing, one of the things I'm I'm really happy about is one of the ones that you were uh you you wrote. Um, because the other thing that I know is uh I am a United Methodist at heart. Um, I like our history and theology, and I think it informs our ministry really well. Uh, but I know that a lot of people either they've been in a Methodist church their whole life, but really have no idea what's the difference yes. or they grew up a lot of, a lot of youth workers really like it's, it's amazing when I am in a training, I say who grew up in a Methodist church, it's usually half or less than half of the people, which yeah. means like, you probably don't know the, the basic stuff. So so tell us about that one. Yeah, that one. Uh, thanks for bringing it up because I don't know how many people are voluntarily going to download one that's got like a chunk of history and theology. Uh, but at the same time, um, we're talking about something that you can, you know, eat up in an hour uh, and then do some more research if you want. Right. Um the observation about what it means to do youth ministry in a United Methodist context uh, is a really, really important one because there is a, a denominational identity, right? Okay. It goes with the things that we should be teaching uh, and, and should be behind our planning for youth ministry activities and youth ministry programming. Uh, one of the central ideas really is that, uh, you know, it, it's a grace-based denomination and John Wesley's observation that really, uh, out of all the things, God is love. Um, really should inform every choice that we make as we organize our youth ministries, right? Um, that the pull of God as love really should make everything else that we do orbit around that idea. Um, and that's significantly different than some other faith traditions, right? Like if you yeah. come from a Pentecostal denomination and and really like the, the core of understanding God would be God is power, right? Or God is all powerful. That's a really different understanding would shape the way ministry looks much differently than if God is love. Uh, by the same token, if God is the ultimate judge, right, right. Um, that would shape and, and make things look quite different than if you're approaching yeah. things from that love-based perspective. Um, but that one, yeah, I mean, we, we really kind of give, gosh, uh, just the highlights basically from the Protestant Reformation forwards, mm -hmm. right? How did the choices that Martin Luther made and how that informed uh, the formation of the Church of England and yep. then the theology and the experiences that John and Charles Wesley have yeah. uh, as they grow through their ministry, how that created the den denomination where our United Methodist youth workers are serving mm -hmm. and how that theology should come through in their planning and programming too. Um, and I think this is also one of those that uh, people who did not grow up in this tradition uh, in youth ministry, there's some specific things that practices that are different that you need to be aware of. Um, I, I had a, a youth worker in a in a cohort that I was uh, leading, and 
he had gotten in a lot of trouble because they went to a camp that had a lake and uh, they had a really fantastic speaker. And then this youth pastor took kids out in the lake and just started baptizing all kinds of people. Which can um, be really powerful. And an it's a huge part of other tradi- the way other traditions practice Christianity. Yeah, right. But he got him in trouble because that's not, it's not the way we understand all of that. And so had he had the crash course ebook, he could have had a much easier meeting with his senior pastor after that. I would completely agree, right? In, in a nutshell, the United Methodist understanding would be that God gets it right the first time. Right. So if there's a baptism that somebody's experienced, that person is baptized and there is not a rebaptism, right? There is right. a remembrance of baptism. Yes. And so we, we do try to hit on some of those things that would help you have a great relationship with your senior pastor uh, mm-hmm. and be faithful to the United Methodist theological approach in that one. Right. Um, a couple of the other just real practical ones, super duper fast. Um, you know, we, we spent September talking about fundraising as a mm-hmm. part of our uh, Youth Worker Recharge podcasts. That one is awesome because it hits up um, things that don't work, how to evaluate the ones that you're doing, and a couple of ideas that you may not have heard before. So I'm pretty excited about that one as well. Yeah, I'm, I think that the fundraising one, it's, it's, it's another one of those kind of like the, um, the, uh, <laughs> the volunteer where it's something that every youth worker has to do. And there's some really... Always going to have to do it. There's some easy mistakes you cannot make. And then, you know, the other piece that I think uh, it is really interesting is this idea of speaking adolescent, oh, yeah. understanding how adolescent brains work and speaking it to them in a way that that um, is helpful and productive. If you've ever had that moment where you're talking to a teenager and it's like you were speaking a completely foreign language, um, it's because their brains are in the process of really changing and, um, and they process things differently than you do. So, um, that's another super practical one. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought that one up because that's one of the ones that will come out before the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. and honestly, some of that research is quite new, right? Right. Um, yeah. And so if- you might have gone through college and seminary and been trained and this stuff has happened since then. Uh, and if you're like me, when I started in uh, youth ministry, I was still close enough to their age that I could make right. pop and cultural references that made sense. <laughs> but now if I try to bring up like, I don't even know, Friends or MASH or Cheers or insert the movie title that like, right. well, this is a great example. Why are you laughing? They're like, like uh, did they show that on Stranger Things? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a moving target. So that yeah. speaking adolescent one is great for you, but. That also might be a great one um, to equip your volunteer team or your teachers with yeah. because it really approaches how you build conversation with young people. Anyway, uh, Jeremy and I could talk a ton about these resources that we put so much time into, uh, but we're super duper excited about them coming out. So yeah. uh, they are going to be available. We'll do a series of social media posts uh, on Facebook and our other social media accounts. They'll also be available for free download at uh, United Methodist Young People's website, which is umcyoungpeople.org. And because Young People's Ministries is part of Discipleship Ministries. Those resources will also be available at the Discipleship Ministries store. So if you were to go to umcdiscipleship.org, you'd find them there as well. Um, so yeah, Jeremy, it's been a pleasure writing uh, these things, and I'm super excited for them to finally be available for people to read. And like I said, read it today, put it in use tomorrow. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely.